Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. John has got some time off. You can listen to the show anytime after 4 o'clock. It gets posted up at KFIAM640.com and on the iHeartRadio app. I saw that there was some breaking news about Cosby got sued again, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I thought he might have been dead. He's 86, I thought. No, I would have made a bigger deal of that. I, yes, that's a good way to put it. Okay. Yes, I saw a headline somewhere, breaking news about Cosby, but you're right. That's That would have been a bigger headline than just another sex assault lawsuit against uh, Bill Cosby. Well, we begin the hour talking to the former L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva because the big announcement came last night. He went on Fox 11 and said, I'm going to run for the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. He's looking for the fourth district seat. That is the one held by Janice Hahn. Doesn't really matter. I wish you could replace all of them with Alex Villanueva, but uh, let's bring him on the show. Uh, oh, we're still working on getting him. Okay. Uh, the response, of course, from Han's office is that, uh, let's see here, L.A. County became less safe under Villanueva's reign. Oh, really? That was the work of the sheriff. He is a fraud and a failure. 
and L.A. County voters won't be fooled again. That was a response to uh, Villanueva running for a sheriff. Uh, of course, he has many reasons for doing this. I wanted to talk to him specifically about why he chose this seat. And now, obviously, the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, he had his problems with. He ran up against them. He is separately, as sheriff, he was separately elected by the voters of Los Angeles County. But the Board of Supervisors has some control over the budgeting matter. And, of course, the Board of Supervisors, the five of them, have moved towards, I would say, four out of five. There's Catherine Barger, who I think is a little more moderate on the issue. They've moved towards a plan to basically close all the jails of Los Angeles County. That's what they want to do. Uh, They also want alternatives to incarceration. They believe that all we have to do is treat people's uh, mental state and uh, it'll be uh, easy for them to readjust and become uh, strong, upholding citizens of society. Uh, Vienna Waver, of course, was L.A. County Sheriff from 2018 to 2022. He won that election over the then incumbent Jim McDonnell uh, back in 2018. But, of course, he lost his re-election bid in November of 2022 to Robert Luna, the L.A. County Sheriff that we call the puppet. He is the puppet of the Board of Supervisors, somebody that they thought would be strong to run against Villanueva because he was the police chief in Long Beach and he'll do the board's bidding when it comes to dismantling the criminal justice system. So uh, that's the extent of, uh, of of that involvement in that. So he's not here yet? No, Eric? he's not. Eric's still trying to get a hold of him. All right, then we're going to have to uh, move on. I'm just looking at the district map for Janice Hahn. For those of you listening who want to know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Her district basically covers the southwestern portion of Los Angeles County, from Torrance to Palos Verdes, what they call the gateway cities, harbor gateway cities and stuff like that. Um, There's a pocket around San Pedro and basically gets close to Orange County in terms of uh, the length of it. So... All right. Well, we're going to move on then. And uh, you know what we're going to talk about, Deborah Mark? What? The exciting news that a police dog was used in the capture of a murderer. How great is this? Wait a minute. There what? is a piece of legislation in Sacramento that is going to ban canine usage. Well, look, in a case so like I this, thought the you dog were supportive of that. The dog wasn't hurt. Well, but we can't can't be perfect if the dog is going to be used. No, in but in this case, I, I some know. dogs are going to get hurt. Okay, so I'm being hypocritical. I'm right. happy you're in this o- case. You're only cheering the story because the dog wasn't hurt. Now, there exactly. are canines that get killed. And I don't like Beat that. up. They get shot by oh, suspects. Oh. Oh, oh, in those cases, though, you don't support. I absolutely do not. No. But in this case, it, it all turned out well. And the dog is a hero. I mean, this guy eluded police for two weeks. And it's this dog that, that got him. And it was only a minor bite, I hear. So, see, the dog was very gentle. And you do know this guy is only five feet tall. Did you see that? You know, I didn't know that, but when I saw it's him on TV, it's probably what helped he, him escape because he, he shimmied so his way out of the prison. He's my height. <laughs> his name is Danilo Calvalcante, and uh, he came to us from Brazil. Uh, it appears he entered the country illegally, so he was an illegal alien, murdering escaped prisoner. He was being held at Chester County Prison, awaiting transfer to a state prison. And he, uh, did you see the video of him crab walking? I guess yes. they have surveillance. So you could yes. see him crab walking out of the facility. He escaped back on August 31st 
well, you know, it's no surprise. Today is September 13th, and they finally nailed him. A lot of people are wondering, why did it take two weeks? He was caught not that far from the prison that he escaped. Uh, he received a life sentence for the 2021 killing of his ex-girlfriend. And he's also wanted on homicide charges in his home country of Brazil in a 2017 killing. So the way I look at it, he killed somebody in Brazil in 2017, and he escaped to the United States. Nobody really knows who he is. He hooks up with a woman, and he ends up uh, becoming her boyfriend. And the story I read is that he thought that she was going to give him up for the Brazil killing. So uh, he killed her. In nice front guy. of her kids. Oh, he did? Yes. Yeah. Uh. yeah, I did see that story the other day. Yeah. So he was convicted in her fatal stabbing. And uh, he apparently that's why he decided to escape from, from prison. Yeah, he killed Deborah Brandau, his ex-girlfriend, in front of her children in April of 2021. He supposedly killed her to stop her from telling police about the charges against him in Brazil in connection with the 2017 slang. So he was awaiting, uh, he was sentenced to life in prison just awaiting a transfer to a state prison from the local prison, and he took that opportunity to get out. Five feet tall, 120 pounds, and there was all sorts of surveillance video. I guess he broke into somebody's uh, shed and he stole a weapon. Yeah, he had a uh, rifle. Right. He didn't hurt anybody or kill anybody while he was on the loose, but there was always the possibility that he was going to do that. So people were really up at alarm. Uh, okay. Well, he's caught. And uh, again, an illegal alien murderer was caught. It was quite the manhunt. to had people on alert in uh, Chester County, Pennsylvania. All right, when we come back, we understand that we will be talking to former L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva about his run for the L.A. County Board of Supervisors. John and Ken, KFI, AM640. We're live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM640. Breaking news. The state legislature has approved uh, Senate Bill 14, which would classify sex trafficking of minors as a serious felony under California's penal code. We talked a lot about this the last couple of weeks, child sex traffickers. And this, of course, would trigger, if possible, the state's three strikes law. Prosecutors to pursue life sentences in some cases. We had the author of that bill, the primary author, Shannon Grove from Bakersfield on the show many times. So that's good news. Senate Bill 14 is going to Newsom, who we understand has indicated that he would sign the bill. Well, the criminal justice system is what's on the minds of many these days in the state and the county. We're going to bring on former Sheriff Alex Vinoeva back to the John and Ken show because he has a big announcement that was made last night on Fox 11. He is trying to uh, become uh, a, a member of the Board of Supervisors of L.A. County. And we're talking about District 4, the seat that's currently held by Janice Hahn. Welcome back to the show, Sheriff Vinoeva. Oh, thank you, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing just great. So how long did you think about this, and why did you pick uh, the Board of Supervisors to run for? Well, we've been doing our Facebook and Instagram now since I, I left office, and the amount of complaints, concerns uh, from people tuning in has just been overwhelming. And, you know, what best way to fix a bad problem is then just take charge of it yourself because career politicians created the mess we're in. Career politicians are not going to deliver us out of it. That's for sure. You'd be one seat, though, on the five-member board. Do you think you can affect a lot of change? Oh, yes, because a lot of the business of the board goes behind closed doors and no one is aware of it, and there's no transparency with the board. In fact, the only 
department that was actually transparent was the sheriff's department, and that's changed too. So we're going to get transparency across all county departments so the average voter can understand how their taxpayer dollar is being misused and abused and outright, you know, lost through fraud. And there's a lot going on with sole source contracts and who's at the top of the food chain approving these things. Janice Hahn, fourth district supervisor and chair of the board. Is that why you chose her seat to run for? Or do you happen to live in her district or? I don't chose a seat. I happen to live in the district and I'm seeing with my own two eyes, you know, the impact of crime, lawlessness, homelessness, the nation's capital of homelessness. And the governor decides to endorse her saying that she has led the charge to reduce homelessness. And I just can't stop laughing when I read stuff like that. Like they live in a parallel universe. They do. I mean, their approach again to homelessness is let's just find more housing and housing first. And that's been a complete failure, as we know, over the last five, 10 years of watching this. There has to be different solutions, and I'm sure you'll bring a fresh approach. Oh, definitely. And uh, things like the Justice, Care and Opportunities Department that the board decided to put together. Yeah, they're going to dump over $100 million of taxpayer dollars on something that no one knows what on earth is supposed to do. While the sheriff's department, probation department is being starved of funds, and now you have juveniles being arrested, and there's nowhere to place them because all the juvenile, the one juvenile hall left standing, is maxed out to capacity. So the next juvenile who commits murder, I guess, gets home detention for homicide. They don't. Well, you know where this is going because you were sheriff. They don't believe in incarceration. They want to close the L.A. County jails. They think everything can be turned into, what, mental health clinics or something like that? Oh, if there was mental health clinics, that'd be at least a start of a, not a bad idea. However, you still have to be able to lock up the bad guys who do bad things. And they believe in care first, jail last. That's a criminal-centric approach that negates law-abiding citizens, and victims of crime. They just don't care about them. Now, I know you have a following, as you said, for your Facebook and Instagram. Do you think you have enough voters in this district to make a difference? I think there's a number of people running, isn't there? Yes, there's now three in the race, and I'm hoping there's more, actually. In fact, I want to see people entering all the races for the 5th District with Catherine Barger, 2nd District with Holly Mitchell, and remember, all of the districts were redrawn when they did the redistricting. So the 4th District is not as as friendly as uh, uh, the incumbent likes to believe it is. Oh, I see. That's happened since the last time she won the office. Exactly, yes. So now it's, uh, and I I don't believe in identity politics, but it's befitting that it's now a majority Latino uh, district. (laughs) Well, you are Latino. I know you don't believe in identity politics, but uh, there's always a card that might work for you because some people just look at the ballot and pick a name that's similar to their own, right? Unfortunately, I wish people were more informed when they go to the polls. And one of my jobs as candidate and when I was in office is inform people of the reality of the truth and let them make informed decisions. That's the last thing that the board and Jonathan Hahn wants is an informed electorate. Now, you do identify as a Democrat? Yes, I'm a Democrat of the JFK and FDR vintage, and I'm trying to revive the moderate wing of the Democratic Party, because right now it's on its deathbed, and we need to bring it back to life, because the progressive has destroyed the Democratic Party. What's the biggest complaint you're hearing from people when you do your uh, social media show? What are you hearing about L.A. County? Is it about criminal justice, homelessness? Is there something that really stands Um, out that you have to address? 
both of them, criminal justice and homelessness, they kind of go hand in hand and they compete for top billing and they're intertwined because when you have lawlessness, when you don't have any sense of accountability and the board has normalized deviancy and they've enabled dependency, the two cardinal sins in the public sector, they've managed to do them both. And now we're suffering because of their bad decisions. I mean, imagine you being on the Board of Supervisors where you had your battles back and forth when you, when you were sheriff. I mean, that would be the biggest kick in the head to them. It would be so exciting to, to have you right there in the center of the fight. Well, I promise this. I will not sue my peers on the Board of Supervisors my first month in office, as they so chose to do when I was sheriff. No, I actually want to work with If they're doing the right thing in advancing the public's interest, I'm going to work with them shoulder to shoulder. But if they're full of it and harming, I'm going to call them out for it. So they're not going to get this, uh, you know, kumbaya, let's hold hands and, uh, and you know, group think thing. No, that those days are over. Do you think you're going to get a debate? Oh, I'm looking forward to the debate. If she doesn't want to debate, well, then she's pretty much uh, surrendered her, uh, her uh, authority to, to lead the 4th District. Now, what about uh, fundraising and money? Do you think you have enough to really run a campaign where people can become more? You know, a lot of people know who you are because you were sheriff, but when it comes to voting for a county supervisor, a lot of people are not too tuned to that particular office. Yeah, there's obviously there's a voter education component, but I raised over three million in a in a, the reelection campaign, and I have enough people that are interested in funding the race, and I think uh, we're going to do pretty good. Well, we're going to talk to you again. The primary is when? Next spring? Uh, March of next year, yes. Right. It would be, again, the top two would face off in November? Exactly. The jungle primary, and I'm looking forward to uh, that debate. Oh, it would be great if you had a one-on-one with Han going into November. That would be fantastic. <laughs> we would love to host uh, that debate, but I'm sure she wouldn't allow that. Uh, all right. Yeah, where can people find out more about your – where can people find out more about your campaign? Well, you can continue following me on social media. We have Alex for Supervisor, and we still have our our, our accounts for Sheriff Villanueva 33 and on email, Alex for Soup 2024. And uh, so we'll, we'll keep pushing the information out there. All right. Well, you're already on the John and Ken Voter Guide for next March. Vote for Alex Villanueva for LA County Supervisor, 4th District. Uh, we'll be talking to you again before quick. then. That was quick. Well, Janice Hahn. I mean, what are we talking about here? Not the not the brightest bulb. Thank you so much for talking to me again, Alex. Uh, you got it, sir. All right. That's former L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, who, of course, unfortunately suffered defeat in his attempt to get a second term as sheriff. But he's back, and he wants to replace Janice Hahn on the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, and that would be fantastic. But he probably has a lot of work to do. As I said, people don't pay too attention to the supervisor. They're very important, though. They make a lot of money. They have long-term limits. They get huge amounts of what they call their discretionary funds. There's only five of them in a county with 10 million people. I realize there's other elected officials around the county, but this is the overall big officials. Five of them, 10 million people. It's 2 million per person they represent. All right, more coming up. John and Ken Show, KFI AM 640, live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. 
and Stan Weiju over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport, and I'm Kibi Rappaport, and together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right, reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Deborah Mark, his name is Yoda. Whose name? Oh, the dog? The canine who took down the murderer oh, in Pennsylvania. Oh, what a good Yoda. He's a four-year-old Belgian Malinois who serves with the U.S. Border Patrol Tactical Canine Unit. Yeah, they got called in here because this guy is an illegal alien. They got in here from Brazil after he was wanted for murder there. And then it's been here a couple of years and he killed his girlfriend because it looked like she was going to turn him in. So eventually they used heat sensors to figure out where he was after he was on the loose for two weeks. And the canine is the one that tackled them. They actually put out a picture with the dog's mouth around this guy's calves. And it uh, looks like he bit... Uh, he bit the murderer in the, uh, I guess, the forehead. Yeah, it was just blood. Mi- minor injury. He I bit think. his scalp. Right. There was some blood that came down his face. Could so. have been worse for that guy. Yeah, let's hear it for the canine police dogs. Woo! All right. Except Deborah doesn't believe that one. If they get well, I, I, I don't. That that no, is very it's, true. It's abusive. If if it works out well, then yes. Okay. But if well, it doesn't work out well, I'm against it. Ken, don't you hate seeing a a dog jumping through a a, a window and and getting all scraped up and? I haven't last. seen that, but well, they I, love I, it. I, they're, no. That's their training. Yeah, but they, I don't think that they understand that they're going to get hurt in the process and possibly killed. Good dog, he is. <laughs> All right, now we move over to one of our big stories of the day. We're going to play the full uh, television report from KTLA. They broke this story last night on their 10 o'clock news. 
It's important you hear this story because it is about, quote, the formerly incarcerated, the second chances. Looks like there was some pressure from a city department called Neighborhood Empowerment uh, on the Studio City Neighborhood Council to ignore this man's past criminal record and let him on the council. Here's the report from KTLA 5 reporter Chris Wolf. Uh, I was an enlisted Marine, uh, then got my commission in the Navy. What if we told you the man standing before this panel, the man who'd be appointed to the Studio City Neighborhood Council, which advises and works with Los Angeles city leaders and also youth volunteers, may be this man, a convicted and registered sex offender. It's fairly shocking to learn that a registered sex offender can sit on a neighborhood council board. Is your name Ian Mitchell King? Yes. Ian Mitchell King from Studio City. The address he submitted on documents to the board is the same address of an Ian Mitchell King listed on the California Megan's Law website. The convicted sex offender served 13 years in prison for sexually assaulting a young woman while on duty as a cop, a school police officer. KTLA reviewed records, government documents, the Megan's Law Registry, and contacted the Los Angeles School Police and State Department of Corrections. King was paroled in August 2021 after serving his full sentence as defined by law. But if this is King, the convicted sex offender, he avoided any mention of his criminal status during the Q&A process with the Studio City Neighborhood Council. Were you ever in law enforcement? No. The meeting proceeded, the members voted yes, and Ian King took his seat on the council. But it would not be for long. Turns out, two members of the panel learned about King's alleged criminal record just hours before he was set to officially join them at the table. Kim Clements was first to make the discovery and immediately alerted the board president. Found an article and very uh, alarming article I didn't even know if it was the same person. I was just stunned. The board president contacted higher level officials and the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office for guidance and received responses filled with legalese and warnings against harassment and defamation. Felt bound by what little advice we got about the the Department of Neighborhood Empowerment uh, welcomes the formerly incarcerated. <laughs> the word yes came out of my mouth and I, oh, okay. it, it's what, just plagued me. After learning about their new colleagues alleged criminal past, 11 out of 14 members resigned. Oddly enough, I feel the real criminal in this situation is the city. This former councilwoman does not want to be identified. We felt the only thing we could do was to resign, to have the board collapse so that no harm could be done to anyone. She was unaware of Ian King's sex offender status when she voted in his favor. And she explains she had recently recruited two teenage girls onto the council through a youth program. Oh, no. I definitely feel blindsided and I feel unsafe. We tried repeatedly to reach out to the man at the center of the controversy at his home, on the phone, online, but have been unsuccessful. If I had known, I would have said, well, Mr. King, you know, I know that you were in prison and you just got out. Is it against your parole to be around young women? The members of the committee were free to vote no. They could have asked him 
Are you a registered sex offender? Did you, in fact, work for law enforcement? Why were you terminated? As it currently stands, they welcome the formerly incarcerated. However, that doesn't really work out in the real world. So where do we stand right now? Ian Mitchell King never admitted to being a registered sex offender or a police officer. And as you just saw, he never answered any of our multiple requests for comment. The city is well aware of what's going on and is now trying to get a council back into place in Studio City. In the meantime, many are asking, how is it even possible that it's legal for a registered sex offender to be on a city board? That is where we go to Deborah Mark in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. A minor in Huntington Beach has been arrested in connection with a string of hit and runs that appear to have targeted bike riders. The Cal State University Board of Trustees has voted to increase tuition by 6% annually for five years. The convicted killer who escaped from a prison in Pennsylvania two weeks ago has been caught. From the Southern California Toyota Dealers Traffic Center, let's go places. We're going back to the 14 in Santa Clarita. This is the northbound side coming up on Golden Valley Road where a crash at, was at first blocking the left lane. Now most of the action's off to the right shoulder. The right lane still plugged up and delays are jammed getting away from the five. It's Mike O'Brien, Santa Monica. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. A couple of stories is making the news. We told you the breaking news this hour is that the state Senate and Assembly has approved Senate Bill 14 to classify sex trafficking of minors as a serious felony under California's penal code. It's a big thing, but again, it's a small thing because there's so many other things we need to do with the criminal justice system in California. But at least this one made through the bruising process in Sacramento. It was the work of uh, State Senator Shannon Grove. And, of course, the idea is that you, if you sex traffic minors, you ought to get a seriously long prison term. It can trigger the state's three strikes law that allows a possible life sentence in some cases. And I think most people agree that that's common sense. But we have a crowd in Sacramento led by the public safety people, particularly this time in the assembly, who are just holding the line on anything that adds prison time to anybody. Again, we've been talking about this this afternoon. The mayor of Burbank is one of these uh, Marxists who believes we have to end the entire penal system, right? No prisons. Everybody uh, has to figure this out uh, in a different way. So uh, we'll hope to talk to Shannon Grove uh, soon about this victory. It's assumed that Newsom is going to sign the bill. We were talking about the capture of the escaped prisoner in Pennsylvania, a Brazilian who probably murdered someone in that country and then made his way to the United States uh, after he was convicted of killing his girlfriend a couple of years ago. They were holding him for transfer to a state prison, and that's when he made his escape, and he was caught after 14 days on the run with the help of a canine police dog, which we learned was named Yoda. The other story related to this, because it's also, we told you that the escape prisoner in Pennsylvania is only five feet tall. He was able to compactly shimmy his way out of that jail in uh, Chester County, Pennsylvania. Uh, another shorty in the news is uh, El Chapo, Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. Of course, uh, he is the Mexican drug kingpin who is serving a long prison sentence in this country. But the news this afternoon is that his wife is getting released. Emma Coronel 
Aspiro, who's the wife of El Chapo, has been released from prison in California. Uh, she had been released from the Long Beach Residential Reentry Management. Uh, apparently now, though, she'll be on supervised release for a while. She was sentenced to three years in prison back in November 2021 after pleading guilty to helping her husband run his multi-billion dollar criminal empire. The prosecutor is accused of assisting her husband in planning the dramatic escape through that tunnel underneath the Mexican prison in 2015. As I told you, there's a little crossover here between the Brazilian five-foot guy and El Chapo Shorty, because he also escaped from prison uh, years ago. They had asked for a four-year sentence, arguing that she helped El Chapo run his giant drug empire, but a district judge imposed a shorter term, saying her role was a small piece. And if you know her background, she's a dual citizen. In fact, she came to this country to have a couple of kids, I think twins, a few years ago, to give them that little edge as well. But uh, don't know what her status will be and whether or not she'll return to the to the empire, which last time we checked, it's like El Chapo's sons were pretty much running the uh, operation in that country. All right, looks like Tim Conway Jr. is not going to be with us tonight. So sitting in is Orny Adams uh, for Tim tonight. So he'll be coming up next. Are you there, Orny? You want to say anything about I'm your show? I'm here, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, basically, what, well, what I want to say is everything uh, I was going to say, you said. Oh, man, when did I say it? Well, I was going to tie together the escape prisoner with El Chapo and Five <laughs> Foot Tall and Brazil and all that stuff. I was going to uh, use the word shimmy. Now I can't say shimmy. You can't. No, man. Did you see the video of that, though? He did like a crab crawl. It was pretty cool looking. Guy's remarkable. He's like an acrobat. I, I actually cool. think, and I was going to talk about this, I think I could pull that off. I think I, that looks like a move I could do. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not that athletic. What Do we know anything about the guy that watched? Did you see the guy that was watching? No, I did not. Yeah, there was a guy like sort of standing guard. I'd like to know what's happening with him. He watched the escape. Well, you, yeah, sort of made sure nobody came over and stopped it. You can see when the two approached oh. the wall together. Yeah. Uh, Might have been a payoff involved here, huh? It's, uh, there's something. There's something. If Steve, that guy, you know, the crime guy for this network? That's Steve Gregory. Yeah. yeah very lazy. Took the week off. Not, <laughs> not a smart move as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're making a lot of friends. <laughs> well, not, not only that, but the program director just came in. I called her the wrong name. So I'm, oh, I'm killed, man. haven't even started my show. I'm doing great. I think you're right on fire here. All yeah. right. Uh, Artie's coming up next in for Tim Conway Jr. It's KFI AM 640 live everywhere. The iHeartRadio app. Michael Crozier has the news now. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people 
it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.